Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 407 of the Talking Virus podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is June 1st, 2023. That's right. We've hit the month of June. The San Diego Padres, they just took two out of three from the Miami Marlins. A big 10 to 1 win today. They won the road trip, five and four on the road trip. That's good with me. It could have been seven and two, could have been six and three. That would have been obviously, that would have been better. But I'm fine with the five and four road trip. There were some encouraging things there. And when the Padres are under 500 like this, it's got to be consistent, right? Just consistently win the series, consistently win those road trips, and they come home, win this homestand. That's what's going to get them, as I was saying in my post-game reaction before coming on here. That's what is going to get this Padres team back to 500. That's what's going to get this Padres team over 500. So, look, they did their job. They got it done. We can discuss the, the games that they should have won, uh, and we will. I already went over Monday, or not Monday. I forgot there was the day off. Tuesday game, I talked about that on the last episode, 406, because that was the day Valley Sports, that was the day that they declared, like, this is it. They're not going to make their payment. 
And that was the last day of Valley Sports San Diego. The Padres, they took, or the Major League Baseball, took over the Padres broadcast, and they would broadcast the games on Wednesday and then today. So I have some thoughts on that on the broadcast and how it looked and the post-game show. There was no pre-game show on the road. Uh, but let's talk about the games first. If you want to make if you want to make sure I get to your comment, your question, feel free, put it up in the comment section. Use that super chat button and I will get to it. Um, if you want to join the show, feel free to click that link that is pinned up in the chat here on YouTube, live streamed on YouTube. If you're here on replay or podcast platforms, obviously I appreciate you tuning in as well. Uh, let's get to today's game. We'll, we'll discuss yesterday's game here in a bit. Today, Padres, they win 10-1. to 1. Um, It was close at the beginning, right? Lazardo, Musgrove got off to good starts. Musgrove was the one that kept going, though. And he didn't allow a hit through five innings. And then the sixth inning started, allowed a hit. Uh, it was actually the bases loaded. Uh, but he ended up, what, getting out of that? Um, he'll let the one, yeah, he got out of it, obviously got the double play one, two, three double play there with the bases loaded. That was big Musgrove. He allowed a run like the Padres were trailing in this game, but it was because Musgrove, he walked the first guy, guy stole second, got to third because of, I believe the Nola air. And then that runner scored on Luis Arise, his, uh, sack fly to left. So that was on like that one. That run was on Musgrove and Noah a little bit, but Musgrove should have walked base, uh, walked the leadoff batter there to start the inning. So he'll he'll say that on him. Uh, but I mean, the rest of the outing was really good. And Joe Musgrove, the last two outings that he has had have been, you know, 2022 Joe Musgrove outings. You look at his final line today; he ends up going six innings, three hits. No earned runs, even though he'd probably say it's an earned run for him because he's the guy that walked that leadoff batter. Um, one run total, three walks, three punch outs. His ERA is now down to 471, and his ERA is even more inflated than it probably should be because one of his starts where he really struggled was in Mexico. And maybe he was dealing with the, the turf stuff there too. Um, I forget if that was after his start because I think he started the first game, right? Whatever. Um, Mexico is not the same environment, right? Ballpark environment as other ballparks in Major League Baseball. So just keep that into account if you want to be pissed off at Joe Musgrove because you're pointing just to the ERA. Oh, it's it's almost at five. Well, just remember the Mexico City start. It would not have been that bad if it was not in Mexico City. Um, uh, not Musgrove, Carlton, Carlton and Cosgrove can after the offense erupted today, combined for three innings, didn't give up any runs. Cosgrove has not allowed a run yet. Uh, Carlton has allowed some runs, a 1.08 ERA. So they're doing, uh, they, they, him, I guess Tappy as well, but those two guys, those are the two last guys pretty much in the bullpen. And they're pitching really well. So maybe Cosgrove's more like a matchup thing, but I'd be fine with seeing what Cosgrove can do in a little bit higher of a, a leverage situation while Luis Garcia is on the aisle. I'd be open to that. But obviously, 
you're going to have guys like Nick Martinez, Tim Mill, right? You're going to put those guys probably still ahead of someone like Cosgrove. Um, Hater, obviously, at the closer, and we'll get to him in yesterday's kind of recap reaction. Even Wilson, you'd put probably Honeywell as well, you'd put ahead of those guys. But props to those guys for coming in and what, whatever opportunities that they're getting, they're coming in and they're making the most out of them. So good for them. And then the offense today obviously was very encouraging. But again, it goes back to can they do this consistently? They've started to this series in two of the three games. They combined for at least nine runs, scored nine runs in game one. Only one run yesterday, but then scored 10 runs today. And they blew it open. I mean, just hit after hit after hit. Uh, we go to so Tatis had in the in the fourth. This isn't where they blew it open, but Tatis had the double in the gap. Kim scored after doubling himself. Um, Dixon had a sack fly, scored Tatis. Tatis got the third, by the way, on a Bogart's ground to the right side. So, hey, playing situational baseball, good for the Padres, right? As Mud like to say, baseball, 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 baseball. Uh, in the fifth, Sanchez homer again. His second home run in a Padre uniform. Guess what? That is more home runs than Austin Nola has hit in a Padre uniform this season. And Sanchez did it in 93 fewer at-bats. And I know Nola, those that support Nola are going to be like, well, Nola's not Sanchez. Like, he's not a power hitter. You can't be judging it off of that. But it's not like Nola's hitting 300 with, with one home run. You know, he's not doing anything offensively for this team. So I think it's okay to, to out Nola in this spot. And you can talk about the home runs. With Sanchez, I mean, he's going to be playing every day. Whether it's the DH like he did today or whether it's starting behind the plate, which is what he's probably going to do tomorrow. I believe Michael Waka is on the mound uh, in the series opener back at Petco, finally, against the Cubs. Um, he's going to get consistent playing time. Bomel, by the way, after today's game in the post-game presser, he was talking about how Nelson Cruz was, I think he, he had some hammy issue yesterday running down the line. So if, if that's the case, I mean, maybe let's think about putting Nelson Cruz on the IL. Cause I, I, I don't want to be, I'm not at the point where let's just release him. I know he's making only a million dollars, but I don't, I, I don't want to give up on him, but Hey, maybe put him on the IL 10 day IL. Gary Sanchez, give him everyday playing time again, whether that's at the DH spot or that's at catcher. Give him that everyday playing time, the everyday at bats, more importantly. See what he can do while Sanchez is on the, or not Sanchez, while Cruz is on the IL. You can have Brett Sullivan come up. So you could have Sanchez just DH and you could have Sullivan play if you don't want Nola playing. Right? I like that. And Cruz. This could benefit him too, maybe like Manny with his IL. By the way, he's probably going to return on Friday. He's going to return sometime this weekend. I, I would guarantee that, unless something obviously really weird happens. He, he's going to return this weekend. Um, maybe with Cruz, it's kind of like a mental reset. A reset. He can go work on some things as well. Because last 15 games, 118 batting average. 15 strikeouts in 34 at-bats. 44. That's 44% of the time that Nelly is striking out in his last 15 games. Like, it's just not there right now. 
and he's not going to get consistent playing time or consistent at bats. So I would, I would just think about, Hey, put him on the IL hamstring 10 days. See if he can work on something, maybe a little bit of a mental reset. I know he probably wouldn't want to, but Hey, the team needs to be winning games, right? They need to start winning. So, and Cruz is going to help that. And having Sullivan come up, you could have Sullivan catch, like I just said, if you don't want Nola catching every day, and you can have Cruz be a DH. Or you could have Ordor be a DH, and you can have uh, Sanchez. Look, Sanchez is going to play every day, so maybe not Sanchez as a bat off the uh, a bat, uh, yeah, a bat off the bench, but. I mean, I don't know. I I just feel like Cruz right now, if he's not playing well like this, again, I'm not at the point where I want to give up on the guy, but you got to be playing the best guys. Should should the Padres be wasting a roster spot on a guy that's not playing every day, a guy that's struggling, and a guy that just had a hammy issue? I, I don't I don't know if that's the best thing to do. San Diego VW Life says, why is why was Nelson so hot at the start of the season and he's striking out so much? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't went back and looked at, like, are, are they breaking balls that he's striking out on? Is it a lefty or a righty up at the plate? I assume most of the time it's a lefty up at the plate because that's just who – he just has he's a better platoon guy than going up there against righties. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I've I've seen it just feels like sometimes with Matt Carpenter too, they're not going to get consistent at bats. So it's going to be hard for them to get in a groove when they're not getting those consistent at bats. You know? So that, that's just my thought on Ellie. Might as well go on the IL. If he's not going to be playing all the time, he's kind of hurt, he's not playing well. Might as well. Especially when Sanchez is up right now. And Odor is swinging the bat pretty well too. And Carpenter had a good game the other day uh, with a couple of RBIs, right, on Tuesday. So I would think about it if I was the Padres. Um, anything else? Oh, well, I haven't even gone through, like, the offensive outlook in this game today. So Sanchez with the home run, second home run with the Padres. Great to see. Single later in this game. Top of the sixth, Dixon comes through with a single. He had a good day today. Made it 4-1. Nando scored. Bogarts got to third. Crony, much needed hit from him. I mean, he's he's been struggling. Went 0-6 the other day in Miami. I think that was the series opener. Really been struggling. So it was good to see him get a single there come through. And he made some good defensive plays at second base. Toddy made a good play in the outfield as well. Gary Sanchez comes through with that single like I talked about after the home run. Made it 7-1. to one. And then Tatis comes up with the bases loaded and clears them. He had three doubles today. So on Underdog Fantasy, I said on my pregame thoughts, yeah, I might want to go half a single higher on Nando. I think you'd be wrong on that because Underdog counts it as singles. Not, it's not, it wasn't half hits. It was half single or higher. Or half single, higher or lower. And I said higher. It would be lower today because he got three doubles. He went three for four, three doubles. I think this was his first three-double game. I think Kevin Acey said that. Three doubles today, a walk, four runs driven in, two runs scored, stole second. I mean, what a day from Nando, huh? 
Nola and Kim scored and Sanchez to on that basis clearing double. Again, that made it 10 to 1. Blew it open there. And obviously Carlton and Cosgrove came in, ended it. There was Jacob Stallings who was pitching there in the ninth inning for the Marlins, a position player. And he hit Odor. Odor didn't even want to move. He's like, yeah, no, this is like 30 miles per hour. Lolly popped in here. I'm not going to move. He threw it here. I'm going to take my base. Um, it was good for this offense today to come in and really put together some good at-bats. Bowmel was talking about the approach post-game. Good at-bats. Um, situational baseball, you know, not trying to hit a home run all the time. Sanchez, yeah, he has a couple home had a couple home runs in this Miami series, but the guys you saw Nando right just going to the gap. Bogarts earlier in the series, single up the middle. Crony single up the middle. Dixon fly ball to score a run. Like the little things. That's what this team needs to continue to do on a consistent basis. That's not what they were doing. That's not what they have been doing this year for the most part. They've been terrible, the worst team in baseball with runners in scoring position. You look like average and. I think OPS, probably weighted runs created plus, if that's even a stat with runners in scoring position, it's terrible. So this approach that they had today, that Bowmill was talking about post-game, it's got to continue. It's got to be more consistent. If they want to win road trips, they want to win series, they want to win homestands, and they want to get back to over 500 and end up being one of the better teams in the National League. That's a far way away. That's far ways away there one of the best teams in the national league. Right. Uh, so they got a ways to go, but I love what I'm seeing from Musgrove. I think it can, it can continue. We saw it last year. And it seems like, again, like I said, I think his last start after the Yankees start on fr- that last Friday, um, he is back to getting more work in on the field in between starts, instead of having to be in the training room so much and spending so much time there. And I think that's going to benefit him. Blake Snell, uh, yesterday, did he deserve to lose that game? No, not the way that he pitched. Six innings, six shutout innings, three hits allowed, no runs. Can he continue that? I think so. Maybe not as consistent as Musgrove, just looking at track record, but I think he can continue to do that. I mean, what I saw moving over yesterday's game, what I saw from Snell was he wasn't trying to nibble all the time. Sure, he had three walks, but there were times where there were runners on base and he wasn't afraid to just throw it in, in the middle of the plate. Now, was he trying to throw it over the middle of the plate? Probably not, but he wasn't afraid to. At least that's what I was seeing. He wasn't afraid to. The slider, I saw in Kevin Acey's Padres Daily, like that still needs to do ha- – that. there's still some work that needs to happen with that pitch. But the fastball, the changeup, probably forgetting another pitch, uh, just the breaking ball, it looked good yesterday. And again, six innings, no runs. Seven punch outs from him. In the bottom of the fourth, he got a four six three double play. I think that's the one where he threw it pretty much middle of the zone, like just attacking. Uh, I think it was John Birdie up at the plate. Got the double play with runners in scoring position. To, I think that ended the inning. Bottom six left a runner in scoring position after walking two in that inning. Uh, got the ground ball. So yeah, it was huge. And later in the game, Nick Martinez, Stephen Wilson got a scoreless inning. Nick Martinez comes in has some trouble obviously was not a solid outing i would not say uh it was not a solid outing from nick there were runners in scoring position loaded bases 
walk. There was an error by him, right? Uh, but he got the the big double play. Six, six, three, technically, because ball was hit up the middle. That ball was hit hard. Like, that's a single up the middle, but props to whoever positions the Padres. Bogarts was right there. Hit hard up the middle. Bogey fields it, steps on second. Great pick on the other end by Dixon. And at that point, that kept the game really close there, right? It kept the game, let me double check here. It kept it tied, right? I believe at, I don't know. It kept the Padres with the lead, right? Because this was before the ninth inning where they gave up two runs. And we'll get to that. I just wanted to make sure I got all the details right on this eighth inning. Yeah, so Martinez replaces Wilson, gives up the single. There was a bunt by Jonathan Davis, air by Martinez. That's the second time that he's done that in like the last week, right? I think he did that in that national series. And it was, yeah, I remember because it was terrible throw by Nick. You're just not used to seeing that. Um, so fielding error there. So there was first and second. Then they got a force out. So he walks Solaire. Base is loaded. He gets Luis Arise. Again, he hit the ball hard. So I don't want to really say like Nick was the one that got this double play. It was really the positioning. It was Bogarts with a great play. It was Dixon on the other side with a great pick because obviously if Dixon didn't pick that or if there someone wasn't lined up the middle, that could have been trouble, right? Like the game would not have been nothing Padres at the end of that inning. You know, the Marlins would have tied it or at least they would have at least tied it or they would have had the lead there, right? Uh, but ninth inning comes around. So that was clutch from Bogey. Ninth inning comes around, three strikeouts there. Bottom nine, Hader comes in, walks the leadoff guy, Yuli Gurriel. And that ended up being really, really costly. Sack bunt, Wendell to or Wendell was out. Gurriel got to second uh, on that sack bunt. So runner on second. Segura has a single to left. Soto comes up throwing, and Hassan Kim cuts it off because the ball is short. The ball is offline. If you're looking at it from Gary Sanchez's point of view at home plate, the ball is to the right of him. It is short, clearly. It is offline. And Gary was not at home plate when Kim spun and spun the wrong way, kind of, but that's where the throw took him, threw it home and just threw it across home plate. No one was standing there. It was like maybe he thought, well, he obviously thought Gary was going to be standing there. And Hayter, thank goodness, he was at the time that saved the Padres from losing it right there. He was standing behind home plate, backing it up. But yeah, Gary, I understand what he was doing. You know, in the moment he was going to the right, he was going where the throw was. He didn't know Kim was going to cut it off. But you know, Gary, that the throw is short. You know that the throw is offline. You know that the ball is not airmailed. It's right to Kim. Like perfect, not a perfect throw to Kim, but perfect like level for Kim to go catch it. Move a little bit to the right, pitch to the right and catch it, and then cut it and throw. If Sanchez was standing at home plate there and Kim throws, I think the Padres could have got the runner out. And Gurriel... He did not touch home plate. And there were a ton of fans in my DMs asking, why did Bo Mel not challenge that? You know, stupid. He cannot see that Gurriel missed home plate. It was close on replay. Looking at the replay. I did not recognize that in real time. And the replay guys didn't either. Now it's the ninth inning, so I don't believe the Padres could have challenged it. But they could have, if they saw the angle that he didn't touch home, whatever, they could have requested for a, a chief review. 
maybe Bomel could have said, hey, or gotten the headphones and went out there, headphone signal, went out there and said, hey, uh, our replay guys see that he did not touch home plate. Can you guys, can the umpire, umpiring crew call for a review there? We just want to make sure that that's right. I think they could have done that, but the replay guys didn't see it. Maybe because yesterday, right, that was the first game broadcast not on Bally. So they should have had better angles and they did have an angle, but maybe the Padre, you only have, I think, 15 seconds to decide if you're going to call for a replay or not, right? And the Padres there in that 15 second, the replay guy, wherever he's sitting, probably in the video room at, at Lone Depot, or I don't even know if he's at Lone Depot or if he's at Petco, wherever he is. In those 15 seconds, maybe he didn't get the camera angle that some people saw later in the night. Like, I didn't see that camera angle that showed that, yeah, Guriel did touch home. I didn't see that camera angle until probably an hour after the game, a couple hours maybe, I think. I, I did not recognize it right then and there. Uh, I saw John Schaefer, I think Jim po- Russell pointed it out on social media as well. Did he not touch home plate? I went back because I'm obviously flipping the highlights. Look back, and I just did a screen grab of the angle that was shown there live, or I think the first replay after. And it wasn't like the close up that easily saw that he didn't touch home. So, yeah, it was cl- you could have said, yeah, well, it's close enough. You should have challenged it. But I believe that's up to the umpires there, not to Bomel. And Bomel couldn't see it. And the replay guys, maybe they didn't get that angle. So, I could go both ways. Like, all right, yeah, Def should have asked for a review on that. It was too close. But also, I can understand, like, well, Bowmel didn't see it. There was a lot of stuff going on in that play. Like, the the bat or the cutoff, right? Sanchez not covering home, the airmail to, not airmail, but, you know, throwing it through home. No one's there. Throwing it to Hayer. There was a lot of stuff going on there. So maybe the Padres just weren't even thinking about, oh, he didn't touch home. The, the home plate umpire, they showed on the broadcast I saw, or later in the night I saw, again, after the broadcast was over, I was watching the replay, and they showed the home plate umpire. He was, like, looking at Hater, or he was looking at the ball because, remember, the, while Gurriel was running home, as he was touching home, the ball was passed home because Sanchez wasn't covering. So the home plate umpire was not watching Gurriel. He was watching where the ball was which is understandable, I guess, you know, in the moment. So no one caught it. That's one of those unfortunate things. But I think we should focus on Josh Hader as well because Hader should not have had the leadoff walk. Yeah, I see Chad with that in the comments. Yeah, regardless of if he touched home or not, Hader can't be walking Gurriel to lead off the inning there. Uh, And then he gave up a couple hits, right? Like, it wasn't his night. He's had a little bit of a rough stretch here, right? Kevin Acey, I think, was writing in his Padres Daily newsletter about hater i think three of the last five appearances have been shaky um but this isn't something where i'm like oh no this is josh hater from last year and he is lost like last year he was he was just freaking lost this year i just feel like no it's just one of those those rougher stretches that a reliever goes through because he's in the zone he's not walking like every guy kind of like it felt like last year um, you know, the leadoff walk obviously happened and that, that sucked, but he's not, it's not like last year where last year you could just tell, like he could not find the freaking strike zone. Couldn't do it. 
and it sucked watching that obviously uh this is it just for, for me it feels different it feels different um but yeah it also comes down to the offense yesterday i think we got to talk about the offense too right today they scored 10 runs but could have used some of those yesterday right two hits in the game yesterday two they didn't get a runner in scoring position i'm looking at the box score from yesterday they left one guy on base no one in scoring position because Sanchez had the solo homer. No one was on. Technically, that's not him in scoring position because it's not like he's on second base or third base before a pitch. He's at home before he homers. So, yeah, one of those games where it's like, oh, this is kind of familiar from the Padres this year. Either not coming through with runners in scoring position or not having enough chances to come through with runners in scoring position. Nelson Cruz and Ofer yesterday. Again, he's dealing with the hammy. I would seriously think about just having him go on the IL. Um, Crony, he's going through it. I mean, it was good to see him come through today, but he's he's going through it. Hitting 205, or at least that was through yesterday. What is he doing now? It's it's better now, I think. 206. His OPS is now under 700. So maybe against righties, certain guys they'll have uh crony lead off if they if manny's not back they want tatis soto to be two three which is what pretty much happened in this miami series want bogarts after that they want him leading off the crony lead off but when manny comes back especially i think crony's gonna be settling in there in like the like the sixth spot six or seven they probably want to bring sanchez up higher in the order now right so I'd probably see Crony maybe slide down to the seven. It sucks because he's him and Musgrove are my favorite player on the team. But uh, both guys are kind of cold. You know, Crony, just this year, it's been a struggle. feels like he's striking out way more than he usually is, striking out looking. That's not who Crony is. He's a line drive guy, has those tough at-bats. I'm not saying all of his at-bats are uncompetitive. I'm just saying, like, it just looks like a different Jake Cronor. So hopefully this is kind of like Soto where it, it's just more of like an extended slump and he gets out of it. Uh, I know that he's working his butt off. I mean, Crony, he's not someone that's just going to sit there and be like, well, results worked last year and the year before that. I'm just going to keep doing it. No, he's working out. He is definitely working on it in cage or remember uh the ballpark cam that clip that i posted it got like a million views on twitter or something it got so many people were like overacting like those drills soto's doing aren't gonna work not working those are stupid isn't that gonna make the problem worse and then since april 27th i think is he's like the best in baseball best ops best weighted runs created plus so those drills you know I think fans, we don't know. In fact, I know that we don't know as much as they do. So whatever drills, maybe you see Crony working on some drills. Maybe some video comes out. I'm not saying that it has. It hasn't. I haven't seen anything. But if it does, um, don't go crapping on the drills. You know, I think they know what they're doing. I think they do. Anything else from yesterday's loss? I mean... Yeah, a lot of offers, obviously. Top three guys in the order combined to go 0 for 10. Kim, Tatsi, Soto. And then the bottom three, four, bottom five guys in the order combined to go for 
one for 15. Sanchez had that home run. I think Sanchez, I mean, the, I, I know Bowmill probably wants to lengthen the lineup, but the way that Sanchez is swinging the bat, I would think you'd want him hitting like fifth. Why is Brandon Dixon hitting fifth? I'd, I know Dixon had a good day today, you know, situational baseball, came through with a hit, but I would want Gary Sanchez with a shot to go deep uh, with some runners on, with Soto and Bogey and Tatis or one of them, a couple of them on base. Or maybe that's just me. But I think Sanchez, you'll see him higher in the order and Crony probably down more until he figures it out. And Crony, like even being down there, he's going to put together probably a competitive at-bat. So Crony being down there, it's not like he's that that's the worst thing in the world, you know. And I, obviously I still believe in him. It's not blind faith in him either because I have seen some positive things. Like there have been some outs. There were some outs in this Miami series with him where – it was a line drive, and it's just going to go out as like a fly out in the in the scorebook. It's it's an offer, but he hit the ball hard. Can't control it once you hit it, right? The single today, uh, he's still playing good defense. It's not like he's he's having the the offense performance or lack thereof affect him in the field. So I think he's going to turn it around. And then the bullpen keeps doing keeps doing pretty good. Uh, Hater, I know I mentioned this, but just if anyone's just joining, not I'm not worried about him too much. Um, it, it's got to be more of an extended period of time, and for me to be worried about Hater, to be honest, it's 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 got to be him not being able to find the strike zone, like him looking lost, and that's not what I'm really feeling with Hater right now. All right, I'm gonna get to the chat. Actually, before the chat, I want to give my thoughts on the Bally Sports San Diego, or not Bally. It's not Bally anymore. Duh. I want to give my thoughts on the Major League Baseball broadcast after this break. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so... These last two games of this Marlins series, it was the first games back on Channel 4 for Cox subscribers. It was the first games produced by Major League Baseball, no more Valley Sports San Diego. Don and Mud, they had the MLB logo on the mics. Bob Scanlon did as well. And there were some things that I liked. I mean, the intro, I posted that on social media. That was amazing. Uh, that got me pumped up and I probably got thousands of Padres fans pumped up. Felt like Don and Mud were pumped up right out of the gate. Bob Scanlon. I like that. The camera angles look pretty good. It wasn't anything that was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen it. I think Apple TV's camera angles are probably better. But it was better than Bally Sports. Um, I was comparing Bally Sports center field camera to Major League Baseball's. And Major League Baseball's does look clear a little bit. It was the same camera spot it looked like. But it does look clearer, so that's cool. I'm interested in seeing, and I'm going to the game Friday, but I'm interested in seeing how that camera looks at Petco uh, in this Cubs series, in this next homestand. Um, there were some things that I don't really like. I mean, the I know it's the first couple of days, and so the post-game show is not going to be great. And maybe the post-game show changes, and I hope it does, because just to have Bon and Mud, you know, talk about the game for a couple minutes and then have Stan 
talk about that day's starting pitcher, and you have Scan not in the clubhouse asking questions to Bomo. You have him out by the dugout doing doing the post game show. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that needs to. I th- look. I think there needs to be a post game show at least. There's there's going to be a pre game show for home games. I guess that's what I've heard. And there's going to be a post game show. It's shorter. It's like what 15 minutes. There's a shorter post game show, but there's post game shows after every game. I'm sorry. We got to have a better post game show than that, right? Maybe not everyone's going to watch it. Some people don't care really. They they just want to watch the game and then get off, switch to another channel, whatever. Maybe some switch to the Oklahoma softball game. That's what I was watching after today. Uh, by the way, Oklahoma, last time I saw they were tied against Stanford. Um, but I, I think it should be better than that. It, it And look, it's the first couple games. So I'm sure that they probably said, hey, these couple games, we'll just do this like they like they did with Donna Mudd and then scan down by the dugout on the field there. And then when they come back home, they'll figure it out and have a better show, I hope. I don't want Mike Pomerantz to not have a job because of this, and they have to do – they just do that as the pre, pre-game, post-game, Don, Mud and Scan. Uh, I don't want – Mark. I know some don't like Sweeney, but I don't want those guys to lose those jobs. And also, not just those. I know those two guys are going to get talked about, right, because they're the ones that are on camera. But I hope that the producers, the directors – everyone that is involved behind the scenes, camera operators. I hope that there's a pre post game show, like a better one, like that's at the set at Petco, like usual, or at a studio. I hope that comes back for them. I don't want them to have to lose their jobs when they had nothing to do with this. It's not their fault that diamond didn't make their payment. It's not their fault that Padres games, uh, I guess, lose, lost diamond and Valley sports. Diamonds, the parent company, lost them money. Like, that would suck if they lose their jobs because of this. So hopefully that comes back. The score bug, I think that it needs to be smaller. Uh, it felt like it took up a lot of room there. Don't know if the MLB watermark needs to be that big on the screen either. At least it's in the right corner, right? It's not, at least what I remember, it's the right upper corner, all the way in the corner. The score bug it's almost like at the middle of the screen. It felt like, especially that first game. I was like, Whoa, okay. I like the score bug, but can we make it smaller? Can we push it up to the top of the screen and all the way to the left? Like if it feels like there's too much room being used by the score bug, but I like that there's no NBA or NHL scores down on the bottom there. I like that. So I was fine with it. You know, it worked on, MLB TV worked on channel four for me. Hopefully it worked for everyone else that was on potteries.com or MLB.com or MLB TV or watching on cable or watching through one of your cable apps, one of your streaming apps. If you're on the go, uh, if you have any questions, feel free again, put it in the comments and I can help you out there or try to do my best to help you out. It's free through Sunday streaming. And then on Monday, I believe, I think there's a free trial too, but through or starting on Monday, I believe is when people are going to have to start paying, or it would be, I guess, the following Monday if if the free trial thing is correct. You have till then. 
to decide if you're going to ditch cable or you're going to do that $20 a month or 75 for the rest of the year, which I believe is at a slight discount. So that's, that's how long, like major league baseball, they gave you some time to decide. And for the Padres, you know how we thought that they were going to lose an out on what $60 million or whatever it was like $60 million a year. Well, Major League Baseball, they're going to be paying the Padres 80% of that money. So they're still going to be losing money, I would assume, but it's not going to be as nearly as much as what it would have been. So that's good. So maybe that still allows the Padres to get a Soto extension done or go sign Shohei. But those are my thoughts on the Major League Baseball-produced broadcast. Most, mostly, I thought it was pretty good. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, just a reminder here, SeatGeek code TALKINGFRIERS, $20 off your next purchase. BreakingT.com, click the link in the description for some great San Diego Padres, San Diego Wave FC, San Diego State Aztecs gear, Underdog Fantasy, obviously. Uh, I have a pick during every pregame thoughts video that I do. Uh, and then Gaglion Bros, GaglionBros.com, their main location on Friars Road. And they're also available inside Snapdragon Stadium and inside Petco Park as well. All right. Let's get to some of the chat here. I see Jesse with the super sticker. I appreciate that. If you want to support the channel, you want to make sure I get to your comment. There are a ton of comments in here. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm behind on these. If you want to make sure I get to your comment, your question, feel free to hit that dollar sign, the super chat. It, it just puts it in a whole new category and make sure that I will get to it. Um, 
and supports the channel. It supports myself as well. So thank you so much. All right. Um, let's see here. Just going through the chat, whatever I want to bring up here. Yeah, good point, Chad. I was gonna I forgot to mention this. Jorge Alfaro. So he opted out, I believe, of his Red Sox contract today. I saw that on social media. Should the Padres bring him in? Minor leagues, El Paso? Yeah, I'd be open to that. See what happens there. There's an injury. Yeah. Um, or you could sign him, bring him up to the big leagues, and even in front of Sullivan. Sign him. It's a lot of the same pitchers, right, from, from last year. Bring him up. You can have him be – you can have him DH, and you can have Gary or You could have Gary DH and Alfaro be catcher. I know that the Padres, like, a reason why they didn't bring him back was because of him uh, striking out a lot, and he wasn't the best catcher behind the plate. But – they were going to be paying him millions of dollars. If they would bring him in, I believe it would be less than a million dollars that they would bring him in for. So maybe they're open to that. Um, minor leagues, I'd be open to it. And if Cruz was on the IL, I mean, I'd be open to Alfaro coming in for a little bit. I don't think he's he'd be here all year, but I think it would be cool. Maybe, you know, the front office probably thinks, yeah, that ran its course. I love GSD. That was great. But we're going to go with who we have. Yeah, I love Alfaro too, but I don't I don't think the front office does. Chad says, Gary, the new Odor Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, Odor was hot, right? Um, on my pregame thoughts today, I was saying that I thought that Odor should have been in the lineup over Brandon Dixon, and Brandon Dixon ends up having a good game. My underdog fantasy pregame pick the other day, I think it was the first game of the Marlins series. I had Matt Carpenter have him under a lower half a hit. Didn't think he was going to get a hit. He ends up having a big game there. So, yeah, maybe I'm just uh, whatever I say, don't do. And whatever I say, if I say something negative, that person's going to perform. Maybe that's just the, what is that, a reverse, reverse, curve, reverse jinx? Hey, if it works, it works. Am I going to any of the Cubs games? Yes, I'm going Friday. Yeah, so tomorrow, what are we looking at for the pitching matchups here? So Padres coming back from Miami tonight, and then it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think Monday as well, right? Yeah, it's a weird four-game series against the Cubs, Friday to Monday. So tomorrow at 640. Jameson Tyone for the Cubs against Michael Walker, who just won Robert Flores' uh, MLB Central Pitch Hand Award. It's just a silly award, but someone who pitches really well for that month and a guy that they can get on their show on MLB Central, essentially. And they did that with Walker. I mean, had a sub-1 ERA in the month of May. He's tomorrow. I think that's a game he should probably win, when, especially with Walker on the mound. And then Saturday, it's a 7-10 game, not, not 540. 7-10, Drew Smiley against you Darvish coming off that rocky outing against the Yankees. We'll see if he can bounce back there. And then Sunday, not 1-10. It's pushed back. I think there's something going on downtown, some marathon. Uh, Stroman is on the mound for the Cubs, which sucks for the Padres because he's one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. And Ryan Weathers on the mound for the Padres. So that's at 2-30 on Sunday. 
And then on Monday, June 5th, Blake Snell against Kyle Hendricks. That's at 6.10. So we got a lot of different times. We got 6.40 on Friday. We got 7.10 on Saturday. We got 2.30 on Sunday. And then on Monday, we got 6.10. And then there's a series with the Seattle Mariners, which is all a fun one. I believe that one's just two games, right? Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, because Wednesday's a day game. Yeah. And then they have a day off before hitting the road to Colorado. That's a while away. Chad says, Tyone has been rocked this season. Really curious how he hit versus him tomorrow. Yeah. He signed that big contract, right? Coming away from the Yankees, signs with the Cubs. And I think they also had, who was it, Justin Steele? One of their best young arms, probably their best young arm at the big league level, because I don't count Stroman as a young arm. He left with some forearm tightness yesterday through, I think, three innings. So that's something to look at if you're just a regular baseball fan. I would encourage those that are, to uh, subscribe to my Baseball Struck YouTube channel for some breakdowns. will be commentary. Obviously, softball, College World Series is on, so maybe some softball breakdowns. I did an Oklahoma one, so maybe some more on that. Maybe some college baseball stuff. So I encourage you to go over there after the show is over. Um, let's see here. Going through the chat. You know what? I get to the rest of the chat here. After this, I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross team, cross league, and even cross sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, let's get back to the chat. Where did I leave off here? I left off with Chad, right? 
Yes. Chad says, yeah, this is a great opportunity to get it rolling in the right direction. I'm not putting my guard down until they show they can hit consistently for a decent stretch. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I'm excited. I was I liked the, the two of the three games in this Miami series. But, yeah, they've got to show that they can do it more consistently to start really believing in this team for the short term. Like, believing that they can keep doing this, right? Believing in this offense. I still believe in them long term, uh, but for, you know, the month of June, you know, do it consistently here. Yeah, I agree, Devin. Two hits, 13 strikeouts yesterday was unacceptable. They've had they've had those games. They feels like they've struck out. A, they struck out a lot these couple games here, but they took the series. They combined to score 20 runs in these three games. Like, I'm going to take that. Thanks, Justin. Says, what's up, Talking Friars? Love the videos. Appreciate it. Appreciate all of you for uh, tuning in here. I, I do live streams. If you're, if you're new, just coming on in here. I do live shows after every series. Sometimes in the middle of series, I have some interviews as well that go out um, pretty much daily San Diego sports content. Most of it's obviously Padres. Night Dream says Snell is not resigning with the Padres. They need to take him out already. What do you mean take him out? Like out of the rotation? Trade him? What are you, what are you saying? He's not going anywhere. I would not think he's going anywhere. You know, this team's trying to go win, and Blake Snell's been pitching better. Uh, he's not going anywhere for this season. Now, next year, I, I, I don't really see the Padres bringing him back, but I guess crazier things have happened. I didn't see the Padres signing Andrew Bogarts either. So we'll see what happens there. Dan says, anyone else think it's weird Diamond Sports slash Bally Sports is still doing the Marlins game? Some teams' bills were paid. Yes, that is a little weird. There was a point in time, I think it was in yesterday's game, where they showed the camera and the I think it was the center field camera, just like normal, but they had Bally Sports up on one of the ads. And it was huge. And it's like, that's that's kind of weird. It's in Miami, so they're broadcasting their television network. I get it. But the Padres, they just got kicked off Bally because Bally didn't pay. And now you have a late ad right there behind them. Yeah, it is weird, but the Padres were the first one because I think there's different due dates for these payments. And the Padres, maybe they lost more money for them than the Marlins or Maybe their TV contract costs Diamond more money than it does for the Marlins. I would assume it does. Is how many people watch the Marlins games? You know, if it costs more money for them to still have the Padres package than the Marlins, you would think that they would get rid of the Padres package first, and that's what they that's what they did. According to the reports that I've seen, like the Padres TV package there with Diamond Sports, Bally, it wasn't very. Bally Diamond Sports friendly, I guess. It, it was it was considered more team friendly. 
Devin asks, is Manny projected to play this weekend? Honestly, I don't know if I want Manny yet. Dixon is hitting is hitting pretty well the last week and a half. Performed well in all road series. Um, well, let me answer the first part. Is Manny projected to play this weekend? Yes. So f- right now he is projected to come back this weekend. I wouldn't be, be surprised if he comes back tomorrow. He had back-to-back days of batting practice sessions out there, fielding ground balls. This was in Miami, obviously. So it seems like things are much better, and he's progressing, and he doesn't want to miss more time. So, yeah, I think he's going to play this weekend against the Cubs back at home. And the Dixon part, yeah, he's had some good moments, but and he had a, obviously a really big pick the other night. I know they lost the game, but that was still huge. But look, the Padres, they're not going to keep Manny on the IL just so Brandon Dixon can have a couple more games. No, they'll just say, thanks, Dixon. Keep go doing that in El Paso in case something happens. Manny freaking Machado is ready to come back. That's what they'll do. Is that right, Chad? They finally have a positive run differential? Because I know they had... They had a losing, they had what, a 10 and 16 May? I wrote, I tweeted this out. Let me pull this up. They had a 10 and 16 month of May, and their run differential was negative. Or no, no, no. I don't know what their run differential was. I don't have it in my tweet, but they were 10 and 16 in May. They entered the month 15 and 14. They exited 25 and 30. So, yeah, not good. Five and eight in the month of May without Manny. Now six and eight if you include today, first day of June. Um, yeah, I don't have the run differential here, but I'm sure it's available here on MLB standings here. Does MLB.com update it like immediately? Not sure. Let's see here. Run dif- oh yeah, okay. Run differential plus eight. So yeah, it got so they were barely under, I'm assuming, yesterday, and then they, they got the big day today, got them over. That's good. We wanted we were thinking that this team was gonna have a positive run differential the entire year, and they they finally got back on it on June 1st. There's some people talking about JD's third. Oh, like how he's being negative, maybe? Well, J- JD's third has been here for a while. You know, some we don't agree on some things, but I definitely appreciate his support. I appreciate the people's support that were there with me when I had 10 subscribers, you know. I, I built this up from nothing and now have thousands of other Padres fans interacting uh, with this channel and a great Padres community that I think we built and trying to grow the community not just as a Padres community, but as a, a San Diego sports community as well, because there's a lot of other great sports here in this town. Devin says, Crony, back to the Cronenworth thing, how he's struggling. Crony is pressing. Very unusual to see him being strikeout prones this year. Uh, I remember 2021, he had a low K rate. He was very disciplined. Now he's too aggressive. I think, well, it feels like he's striking out looking more. So I don't know if it's too aggressive. Maybe it's a little bit of both because when he gets 
a pitch in the strike zone, maybe he's swinging. But then when he does that, you know, maybe a day, the day before he was like, well, me being aggressive didn't work out, so I'm going to be more patient. And then he ends up striking out looking, right? Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Pre the pressing part, yeah, that's definitely happening, I would say. You know, whenever the field mics catch him, there's F words. You can definitely hear it. Yeah, he's pissed off, and he should be. You want those, those guys get are, are having those big deals, right? Crony, it, it, he didn't get $300 million, but he got a seven-year deal, what, $80 million? Those guys, you want those guys to produce. You you want those guys to care. Care a lot about them side, them, you know, wanting to play well, right? He's one of the leaders on the team, and so it probably sucks for him to have to be going through this, you know, right? You know, the year that he signed the the big contract. Devin asked, do you guys like the watching experience with no blackouts? This feels great seeing the Padres in clear, high definition again. Yes. Uh, it, I mean, it was pretty clear on Bally for me. But, uh, yeah, the no blackouts thing is great. You know, finally being able to have it on MLB TV for those that do want to go that route. I think that's great. Um, I don't think it should have been blacked out to begin with, but that I don't think that was up to Major League Baseball. It, it would, it's up to Bally or whatever network they're on, because those networks they have their own apps. They want the apps they or they want those games to be streamed on those apps. But now that the Padres were free from that, it could go to Major League Baseball, and it just makes it really easy, because a lot of people have the MLB app. You just throw it on, and it can work. Does did it work? I, I wasn't using the app. On the app, if you use the MLB app, do you guys know if you could play Jesse and Tony while you're watching the broadcast? Because I know you could do that on like a laptop. I don't know if that works for the app, but that would be cool too. Yeah, I agree, Jesse. Apple TV video quality is supreme, but announcers suck. I don't want to say suck, but Jesse gave the, the thumbs down. Yeah, well, no one's done in mud. They're not going to equal that. So I think we got to lower our expectations. Uh, that won't stop me from getting pissed off when Eduardo Perez says, that's a superstar, Nando, for no reason. Yeah, pregame show going to set. It's set to start tomorrow. Yep, because they're at home. I don't know if all season long it's just going to be home pregame shows. Hopefully Mike and Mark are there or they have something. I just don't want, again, it's not just about those guys. It's about the production crew, everything behind the scenes, right? You know, I don't want them to have to go find another job just because of freaking diamond sports, right? JD's third. Can you imagine us selling at deadline? If we are under 500, AJ won't have a choice. I don't know about that. Peter has gone so deep into his pockets that let's say they're one game under 500. He's just going to stop. I, I don't think so. And a lot of this talent, it is here. It's here for a long time. So it's not like you're going to go trade Tatis or trade Manny, you know, like it's here. So the players have to dig out of it. And I think the front office side there, they're going to be willing to do whatever 
to keep going all in and, and try to improve this team where there are holes because again they've went all they've went all in here pretty much all in that you can and so the only way out is continuing to spend bring in different players if it's not working or the players that are here to to work better you know you're not going to be trading your, your superstars because you have them locked down Irish says Mark Sweeney hitting coach. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pass on that one. Oh, thanks. Thanks Tom, for the, the super sticker. She's in here. Viva Padre says time to move on from Alfaro. Yeah, I think that's just a lot of fans, you know, really liking Alfaro. That was... I was more attached to Will because Alfaro was, you know, one year. Um, Will was a long time. What, eight years, whatever, however long it was? That was a long time. So I was more like that with Will, but I think it's just fans with the emotional attachment. Alfaro, I don't think he's coming here. If he does, it's on, it's going to be to El Paso probably. I don't see it happening. And I'm, a, yeah, I'm fine with him not coming. I'd be, I'm just saying I'd be open to it, him going to like El Paso. Oh, or, you know, if Cruz goes on the IL, have, uh, well, Cruz goes on the IL, then you can just activate Manny and have Dixon still be up. So never mind about that. Yeah. El Paso, I guess. I'd, I'd be open to that because it's it's the minor leagues. What is that going to hurt? Maybe they don't want to do that because that would take away time from Brett Sullivan playing. I don't know. Captain Zell says, Crony should be our permanent second baseman. Um, maybe the Padres would prefer that. Like, after, what, next season? I think Kim's done after next season. Or is it this season? I think he has one more. I think it's after 2024. Contract's up. I think, um, okay, yeah. Through 2024 and mutual option for 2025. So, after 2024, maybe the Padres want to do that. But for now, I mean, I, I think they want Hassan Kim playing pretty much every day defensively. He has a lot of value there, just like Crony does. And especially when Carpenter's not doing a whole lot this year. I know he's driving in some runs, but the average is not great. Uh, he's older. I think they, they'd rather opt to have Crony at first, Kim at second most nights. And the rest of the lineup be better. Have Carpenter, Cruz, DH, Sanchez, DH sometimes. I think that's what they, they'd want. Manny, another question here. When is Manny going to be, be back? Probably Friday, probably tomorrow. Sometime during this Cubs series. JD's third. Would Blackman hit at Petco? Um, if he's in a Rocky uniform. <laughs> Seems like he crushes the Padres. But... Once he put on the Padres uniform, he probably would suck. I am curious how Gary will hit at Petco. Yeah, JD's third. I am. Because Miami, I mean, that was in a dome. We'll see what happens with Petco. J 
JD's third Ben is quoted by John Boy in Talking Baseball. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean quoted? Like they, yeah, they use some of my tweets, some of my videos. Don Orsillo does that too. Padres won't let me talk to him, even though he says yes. Same thing with Mud. Um, so that's frustrating. But yeah, I'm, I'm look. I'm not just doing this because I get a little money from it. It's it's not like I'm getting a ton from it. I, I do it because I love it. I want to eventually make it a career, you know, sports radio and replace Jim Russell. He knows I'm kidding with that. But, um, no, I do it because I love talking with Padres fans, and I love giving my thoughts on it. Uh, Devin asks, any injury updates, Ben, besides Manny? Yeah, so they did this on the broadcast actually today. So today's Ethan Salas' birthday, by the way, 17th birthday. Congratulations to him. Happy birthday. Made it to 17. Man, I feel old. I'm 20 and I feel old because this guy's 17 and he's raking already in, in Lake Elsinore. <laughs> uh, okay, so injury updates. Nabil Chris Matt, left hip strain. Expect to return early June. Manny, obviously, with the left-hand fracture, uh, expected early June, Cub Series. Luis Garcia, left oblique strain. Toppy was called up, right? Mid-June, expected to return. Seth Lugo, right calf strain. That was during that Royals start, right? He went over to cover first base at the end of that outing when he, when he sucked. I think that was that second inning. Uh, right calf strain, June, expected return. Adrian Morahone, left elbow strain, June, expected return. Robert Suarez, right elbow inflammation. He just started throwing. It says it said here on the broadcast, June slash July. So very vague there. I'm not counting on him to return anytime soon. Uh, Campy, left thumb strain. July is his expected return. So Gary's going to get playing time. He's going to get a good shot here. And he should because this catching position has sucked offensively. Drew Pomerantz, left forearm surgery. It says expect to return August, September, but I think we can all agree. Let's not expect him to throw one single inning for the Padres this year. If we get anything out of him, that's great. But don't let's not expect him to come back. I expect Suarez to come back. I don't expect Pomerantz to come back. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because that would be another lefty in the bullpen. Yeah, J.D.'s third. Yeah, Padres, they're not letting me talk to Don and Mud. Because I'm not, they say I'm not a part of uh, a major organization. I don't work for like 97.3 The Fan or San Diego Sports 760. Yeah. That's all I'll say on that. One day, one day. JD's third asks, when is Sal projected to come up the show? I saw Sport say 2028, but. I hope it's earlier than that because if it's 2028, I mean, that's that's five years. That's when he's 23. He's not going to come up till he's 23 or 22, whenever that is. Uh, I think that'll be disappointing if he's not up till 2028. I hope he's up when he's 19, 18, 19. 18 might be pushing it. I think that's pushing it. Especially for a catcher, like it's going to take time for him to develop and like single A, that's a long ways away from the big leagues, especially when you're a catcher. I understand that. He did just he did catch a spring training game with Ryan Weathers pitching, by the way. Remember that? And he hit the ball hard in that bat that he had. 
like I think he had a couple. But he he's farther along than a regular seventeen year old now. So I'm hoping you know. I'll say yeah. I'll say age. I think realistically, age twenty. Hopefully nineteen, but I think age twenty is realistic. I think a little. I think before twenty twenty eight. Chad asked Ben, "Did you play ball in high school? If so, what school?" Yeah, Gil got it right. Helix, go Highlanders. Once a Scotty, always a Scotty. All right, is there anything else to get to? Bob Melvin did speak to the media today. Do you guys want to hear that? I can play that. Oh, wait. Maybe we won't be able to find it because there's no Valley Sports San Diego Twitter to go pull it up. <laughs> or do the, the – because the Padres don't upload it. Of course they don't. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know where to find that now. All right, let's get to some other San Diego sports stuff. If you have any comments, any more questions, put them in the chat. I'll get to them. If you missed it on the last show, San Diego State basketball. So Lamont Butler, he is back. Jane Ledee, he is back. So the Aztecs, they've got some key returners, obviously. Obviously, Matt Bradley's not coming back because he's they've graduated. Uh, Seiko, Mensa, a rope, Keyshawn transferred to Arizona. So there's some guys that aren't coming back, but there's still a solid core. Ladie, Butler, uh, Darion Trammell, Micah Parrish, right? And then there's guys coming in like Reese Dixon Waters, Jay Powell. There's Miles Bird, Elijah Saunders, who probably will see a bigger role this year um, after being freshman last year. There is Demarcia Johnson. It's his third year with the Aztecs. I think he took a redshirt year and then was blocked, obviously, last year because there were more veteran guys um, that were playing. So he should get some more time. I'm interested in seeing how he does. But the Aztecs, they have a good roster. Uh, hopefully they add one more guy. They probably will leave a scholarship spot open. Dutch likes to do that. But they'll be the favorites in the Mountain West. I'd be very surprised if they're not. And I think minimum, we should expect them to make the NCAA tournament and at least win a game, I think a couple games. I think our expectations should be high for this team, obviously. Coming off a national championship, I don't think we should, I don't think we should expect them to get there again. I don't think that's uh maybe Dutch will say that. Like that's yeah, that's our expectation is to go win. Go win that game instead of losing to UConn. But if we're realistic, we know how hard that is. Uh they've never done it before, obviously. I think get to the sweet 16. I think that should be our expectation going into next season with this group at least at the start of the year and anything can happen, obviously. Uh, so that's the basketball and football they released their schedule for the upcoming season. And it is interesting. Obviously it's in the mountain West, still no update on if the Aztecs are going to the PAC 12 or if they do when they will, um, obviously update you whenever that update does come. Hopefully it comes by the end of this month because if it doesn't, 
then San Diego State will have to pay, I think, triple what they either triple or double what what they would pay um, after June thirtieth. They were if they were to announce that, yeah, we're going to the Pac twelve for the two thousand twenty four twenty five year. They'd have to pay like over thirty million dollars to the conference. And Wicker has said, like, yeah, we can't do that. So before June thirty, if they if they announce it, I think it's like, don't quote me on this. It's between ten and twenty million dollars that they that they'll have to pay to the Mountain West to transfer out. It won't be as bad. So that's that's a key date there to watch. But getting back to so San Diego State football last year, seven and six season. They lost the bowl game. Remember, they had Braxton Burmeister. That didn't work out. Jalen Maiden, who was a safety, he comes in and is the quarterback. Uh, Ryan Lindley, he is now, I believe, the OC. So there's some changes. Still the same quarterback. Uh, and the schedule was announced for San Diego State for this next season. They're going to start it off with a matchup against Ohio. That is August 20th. August 20 or August 26th, I believe. August 26th. Sorry, it's small on my screen here. Let me pull it up on my phone. Okay. So here it is. So week one, FS1, Saturday, August 26th. It's a home game. Ohio at San Diego State at four o'clock. There's no noon game you know like last year the cbs window against arizona how hot it was how miserable it was for people there that's not happening this year four o'clock is that home game there week two against idaho state cbs sports network 7 30 p.m week three that's the big cbs game hopefully this one will turn out better than the arizona game this one is at home saturday september 9th against ucla 4.30 p.m. And then the 16th, September 16th, FS1, Oregon State. So back-to-back weeks against Pac-12 schools, 12.30 p.m. at Oregon State there. And, and then uh, September 22nd, Boise State at SDSU, 7.30. September 30th, San Diego State at Air Force. October 14th, San Diego State at Hawaii. And then they come back and host Nevada and Utah State and then they go at Colorado State, at San Jose State. And then they end with hosting Fresno State for their last scheduled game of the year, November 25th. So, yeah, there's going to be some FS1 games. There are some games that have not been determined the like actual schedule, the actual channel. Like it just shows Fox Sports Network. Don't know what channel or whatever uh, but yeah obviously the two big games that i think state fans are going to be looking forward to are the ucla game ucla game and oregon state those back-to-back weeks there in weeks three and four so we'll see how san diego state does um i mean seven and six that can, that shouldn't be the expectation i think fans should have a higher standard than that uh last year wasn't wasn't very great when you when you have to have your safety and be the quarterback, not very great. And I think Braxton Burmeister ended up being what a wide receiver. Yeah, that didn't work out very great. All right, let's get to the San Diego Wave. Unfortunately, last night Challenge Cup match 
was right after the Padres game, so it was great timing. But it was not a great match for the Wave. Challenge Cup, Wave, a little rain at home at Snapdragon Stadium, and the Wave fell 3 nothing. They have not beaten OL Rain yet. They drawn, have not been able to beat them, so that sucks. But this was Challenge Cup. The bright side with this, you know, being shut out, it was, you don't want to be shut out. But it was challenged up, which for any soccer fans that are new, it's not part of the regular seasons. This does not count as part of the regular season standings. Sunday's match against Gotham will. And that's going to be a very entertaining match. I mean, superstars all over the place at Gotham. Uh, Lynn Williams, obviously, is you know, the big player on Gotham side of things. Christine Lewis, um, they've got talent there. And the way by state, Germa, Corniak, Sheridan, Morgan, you know, you can go down the list. Jane Shaw. Um, now, in this game last night, 3 nothing. So there were a lot of players that don't usually play a whole lot. They were starting. DeMarco, uh, Mia, uh, Mia, no, Maya, Maya Zhao, um, Yanez. She was Shane, Shay, uh, Yanez, the backup goalie who they signed from, I think, England, if I remember correctly. She got her first start because uh, Sheridan obviously is going to start every match, every regular season match, as long as she's healthy. So Germer was not starting. She came in the second half, but she was not starting. Their best defender, uh, Alex Morgan, obviously, was not playing. They She didn't even make her available off the bench. Uh, Westfall, I don't believe she was starting. Jakobsen was not char- uh, starting. So a lot of key players did not start. Um, Jakobsen came into the match, but there weren't many key players like starting the match. So, and the same thing for O'Rain, like Sofia Huerta. Uh, I love watching her whenever she's not playing the wave, especially U.S. national team. I, I love watching her then, obviously. She did not start the match. She came in late. Um, Rapino, I don't even think she played at all. I forget if she's nursing an injury or trying to come back from an injury, but she did not play. Uh, Rose Lavelle, she's still out, so hopefully that knee injury is going to get better. Um, but yeah, with the wave, I mean, so uh, Brown scored in the 29th minute. McNabb, McNabb let it go. I think she thought that Pogarch was going to, I think it was Pogarch, right? Stopped it. She she thought that Pogarch was going to stop the crosser, and she ended up letting it go, and that allowed a pretty easy goal, near side goal uh, on Yanez there from Brown. And then Maya Zhao, she, she made a, a really good save there at the end of the first half, preventing a, a goal, um, make, making sure to kick it out. But then in the second half, Athens scored, Haidema scored, who, by the way, I believe is dating Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners. So that's just a, a side note. Um, they both scored the Athens one. That one was more of the wave, like did their job. There it was kind of unlucky. Like they blocked the shot. Athens came in at the, at you know, the last, last second there, right at the goalpost, right, right. At, yeah. Right, right there. And ended up touching it in. It wasn't like a, a, a an amazing goal or anything like that. Haidema was more crosser one timer and ended up scoring, but you know, when Sheridan's not starting, when you have a lot of star players aren't playing the whole game, it's it's Challenge Cup. I'm not surprised by what the result was. 
so now the Wave, they are 1-1 one and one in the Challenge Cup matches. They were able to beat Portland in the first Challenge Cup match and then obviously losing to O.O. Reign. Now, Sunday, Sunday against Gotham. Gotham leads the table. They are at 17 points. They are 5-2-2. Two, and two. Portland, O.L. Reign, and San Diego, and Washington. A lot of teams stacked up there uh, with 16 points there. Four-way tie there uh, behind Gotham. Portland, they are at 4-1-4. Four, four, four draws. Wow. O.L. Reign is at 5-3-1. and one, And the Wave going into the Gotham match, they're 5 Three and one coming off the loss, obviously, here to OL Rain and the draw that they had last weekend or last Friday night, right? Last Friday night against the Portland Thorns. They, they were able to limit Sophia Smith, so that was good. So I'm looking forward to the match on Sunday. Really am. That's going to be a fun one to watch. And I think that match has moved from Paramount Plus to CBS Sports. I think I saw that the other day. So It'll be on television. All right. Anything else I want to get here? I'm just going to go through the chat here. Any more questions? Any more questions? Obviously, the Padres, getting back to them. They took two out of three. They had a winning road trip. Got to keep building on it, right? Let's have a winning homestand. Go back on the road. You're playing the Rockies. Well, let's look at the rest of the Padres schedule here. In June, so June is obviously just starting. Upcoming homestand, it's four against the Cubs, two against the Mariners, day off. Then they go short. It's, just a, it's not even a road trip. It's just a road series. At Colorado for three, another day off. Then they come home, and they have two interesting series. The Guardians, a lot of former Padres there. And then the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays, come to town. Star Wars weekend. At San Francisco for four, hosting the Nationals for three, day off on the 26th, and then they end the month three at Pittsburgh, and then they starting starting that road series against the Cincinnati Reds. So how many series should the Padres win in this month? I would say they should win the Cubs series. I'll take a split against Seattle, a series win against the Rockies, a series win against Cleveland, take at least one against Tampa, uh, when hopefully take three out of four from the Giants, but four game series in San Francisco, I'd probably take a split. Win the Nat series, win the Pirate series. I'd say like five series wins and some splits. Look, have have winning months. Got it. Let's have winning months the rest of the year because May was not kind. Ten and what sixteen? You had the Manny injury. April obviously was not good either. And if they want to get back well over five hundred. They got to show the consistency. And we we saw it for the majority of this Miami series with the offense, right? 19 runs in the first and third games of the series combined. But then, you know, the second game didn't do anything. So they're not gonna they're not gonna have an amazing day at the plate every day of the year. I understand that, but just the majority of the time, consistency. That's what we gotta see. Uh, Q50 Bob, what do you think about going after just Jesus Aguilar? I think is what he means. Jesus Aguilar, league minimum first baseman, hits bombs. 
Yeah, but we have Crony there. We have Carpenter. We have uh, Dixon that can play there. I'd probably rather go with him, to be honest, than Aguilar. You know, we, we brought in Sanchez, a guy that can hit some bombs. We'll see how that goes. I think the guys that are on this team, they just have to be better. I don't see Aguilar coming, to be honest. Yeah, Gil. Waves backup goalie Yanez is not Sheridan, to put it nicely. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to say that Yanez stinks. I mean, I've seen one match of her. Um, and she hasn't gotten a, a ton of playing time. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to focus too much on that. Like she'll probably get more comfortable with, with more reps in the NWSL. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't the best performance, but Sheridan's back. Uh, hopefully they can get a win. And if they win, they'll be in first, right? They'll be in first because Gotham's in first right now, one point ahead. So that's a big match coming up on Sunday. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 407. A reminder, gaglionbros.com, main location on Friars Road. They're available this series and every game at Peco Park. Breakingtea.com, click the link in the description. Great San Diego sports swag. Underdog fantasy, great best ball tournaments, pick'ems, higher lowers. SeatGeek code, Talking Friars. Again, code, Talking Friars, $20 off your order so if you're going to go to a Padres game this weekend haven't purchased tickets yet use that code helping you out all right that's it talk to you later thanks so much for tuning in love the support see ya